Hey, uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Is that okay with you? Yep. Keep us on our toes, mix it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about my hope today, and that's, uh, I think Chris picked that song because he knew we were talking about my hope and, and uh, this whole idea of uh, reaching out to people. You know, it's not easy to tell people about what your hope is. And what's your hope? Jesus. Jesus is your hope, right? It's not always easy to let people know and to explain to them what you believe and, and, and you know, what the Bible teaches about that. Any of you struggle with that? I do. And, you know, I do this all the time, right? And, and, but one-on-one, but -on -one it's much harder. It's actually easier to get up here because, uh, well, I don't know why. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, to, to speak to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, it's difficult, you know. And so I believe that, that uh, you know, for us to, to uh, talk about some of the tools, and that's kind of what this whole My Hope with Billy Graham is all about. It's, they're tools, really, for, uh, for sharing. The, the title is Simply Sharing Jesus. Can we pull that, um, that uh, screen up? Just go to the top of the page. There you go. My hope is simply sharing Jesus, and that's really what it is. You know, we, we try to make things so complicated, you know, but, but to make disciples, we're, all, we're called as a, as a church to make disciples and, and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what it says in Ephesians, to equip the saints. So uh, our job is to make disciples and to equip you all of us, to do the work of the ministry. It's not just one person who tells people about Jesus, because if it's just one person, how limited would that be? Mm -hmm. How many people can I reach? Well, that's just the pastor's job or the evangelist's job or whatever. No, it, it really, uh, when, when you think about your own life, those of you who are believers, was it, did, did somebody lead you in the right direction? Did somebody say, well, let me just tell you what happened in my life. Or, or uh, I'm going to church, you want to come to church? Or, and that's kind of what happened to me. There was a friend, you know, who said, I'm going to go to this church, and there's, you know, there's music there, and I like music. There's young people there, and I was young back then. And, uh, you know, so I said, okay, like, what have I got to lose? Because I've tried all kinds of other stuff. And you know my story. I, I, I tell you my story uh, from time to time. So, really, it gets down to you and me letting people know that, hey, there's hope. There's some hope in this world. I like, I like how they've titled it, My Hope. It's very personal. It's not like the hope out there. It's my hope. I have this hope, like we heard Chris sing about. So, Alex is going to come up, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this whole it's, I hate to call it a program because that sounds very Baptist. And I love Baptists. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, programs kind of like you get that kind of a thing, you know. But it's really kind of, again, it's, they're tools to equip you and I to help share. Come on up, Alex. That's okay. Alex is going to use uh, this microphone here, number eight. And then we'll, we'll pull it down when we're done here. Uh, so... So um, we're going we're gonna to tag team on this here, you know, this whole, uh, this whole subject. And we've been talking about it. We've been, 
uh, trying to explain, you know, what it is. And so I, I, I felt like, well, why don't we just use this Sunday to, to explain it as much as we can and then actually show one of the videos. So I know, well, that's just the pastor taking a week off. I understand you're going to think, you know, I only, I only work an hour a week anyway, so, uh, you, know, uh, you know how that goes. But, but, you know, the best way for you to understand it is actually to see what it is. Really? Right? And though we could get up here and talk until we're blue in the face and then you go like, okay, and then nothing ever happens. But if we show you, then I think you can catch the vision. And the more I've been looking into it, the more I've been kind of catching the vision for this too. So, you know, it's a journey for all of us. So, uh, so the first thing, it's kind of hard to see it up there, but my hope with Billy Graham, and you have that in your bulletin, MyHopeWithBillyGraham.org is where it is. That's where you can go. Let me ask it in a negative way. How many of you do not access the Internet? There's two or three of you. So, uh, and God bless you, two or three, because you're probably better off. But the rest of us have access to these kinds of tools, and, and you have access to this too. And you can't say, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any tools I can use. I don't have anything. But you do. It's right here. It's something that these people have been working very hard to give to you and me to use. They're not trying to build their ministry. They're trying to build the kingdom of, of God. That's really what it's all about. So Alex is going to tell us a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that he has discovered about this. Good morning. So uh, Lisa and I and some of you guys were involved with Decision 2016 with Franklin Graham. And we had made some friends, some, some people that we got to know. We put our name on like a volunteer list. And so some of you other guys may have done that too. But uh, we got called December of last year. Uh, by the coordinator, a guy named Bruce James for like the New England area. Um, and he invited us to, uh, uh, to a church up in Providence, yeah, Providence, where he presented Lisa and I and a few other people who were volunteers this My Hope uh, outreach. And one of the things that I thought was really cool about it um, was this one fact that he uh, shared with us. And, uh, Billy Graham has been uh, doing crusades for, I don't know, since the 50s? Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably yeah. late 50s, I think it was. So one of the things that they've done throughout the entire time of uh, Billy Graham and Franklin Graham's ministry is they keep track of what, what they're doing. They want to know if what they're doing is actually being effective. They don't want to waste God's money, basically, <laughs> the resources that he gives them. Uh, to use. They want to make sure that it, it's working. So they, they track. They try to track if everything's uh, being uh, used properly. So uh, from, what, from their uh, statistics, it says since Billy Graham was, has been doing his crusade since the, the late 50s to now, 3.2 million people have made professions of faith. Now that's where they actually, they sign up, they say they've decided to follow Jesus and they want to be part of the kingdom, they want to be part, uh, recognized as somebody who's following Jesus. So in over a 60 year span, 3.2 million have made professions of faith and decided to follow Jesus. For over a decade, they've been using this My Hope program uh, or ministry and 
in the 10 years or so that they've been using that, over 10 million people have made professions of faith. So that's a huge increase, right? I mean, and for the amount of work it takes to go into a crusade as opposed to this, uh, it probably you know, doesn't compare. Um, although you'll notice the quality of the stuff these guys do, it's like, it's like Hollywood movies stuff, so. Um, but my, and one of the other things about the Crusades is it's kind of limited to just one place at one time, you know, basically in just North America. I'm not sure if Frank, Billy Graham had ever, he's been to other, he's been to other countries, so yeah. he's been to a few other countries, so that, that's cool. But my hope has spread to over 60 countries in the last 10 years. Over 300,000 churches participate in My Hope. And uh, just in, in the 2013, over 100,000 churches signed up to use, no? 100,000 professions of faith. Oh, 100,000 professions of faith just in the year 2013. So it's a cool ministry. Um, and like Rich has been saying, it's simply presenting the gospel. And the, the format is pretty simple, but um, you know, we're here to help equip you guys so that you can use this tool to share to people uh, that you know. There are a lot of ways um, that it can be used. Let me just tell you uh, one thing about uh, what is My Hope, in case you have that question. My Hope is a national initiative to encourage and equip the local church to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. In short, it is a simple way to help you share Jesus. For nearly 80 years, Billy Graham's focus has been on two things, proclaiming the gospel and equipping and encouraging others to proclaim the gospel. All of our ministries are a part of those callings. My Hope combines both emphasis by providing short films that clearly and powerfully share the gospel by encouraging the church to share this film in conjunction with prayer and personal relationships. Local churches are the focus of My Hope the outreach exists to strengthen the local church by calling Christians across the country to pray for and share Christ with lost people around them. So, remember a couple of, was almost two months ago when I asked you guys to all write down somebody's name that you've been, you know, that you would want to invite to something like this? Um, well, hopefully you're still praying for that, praying for that person, because there are a lot of opportunities that we have as the church um, to use this. We can, we can do it here like we're gonna do it today. Uh, youth groups can do it, uh, college campuses, prison ministries, rescue missions, community meetings, informal gatherings, homes and small groups. Now, each one of those areas or ways that we might want to do it has a, you know, its, its own list of challenges and things that you'd have to overcome and figure out how to do it. But we have all that information. So uh, do you want me to go into the information or? I, I have some of it written down here already. Um, the the this idea again. What what he said there. There are at this time there are twelve different films or videos, and then there are some in Spanish. Obviously, there's other languages too. But yeah. on this website, there's only Spanish and English, and then there's even one in sign language. So, but these videos are anywhere from eleven minutes to thirty minutes long. Okay, so, so they have provided these, and like Alex said, the quality is just phenomenal. And they have, you know, some um, different people that are in these uh, videos, uh, you know, skateboarders, singers, uh, Lecrae, different people that, are, that are, uh, are in these videos that 
you know, can apply to different people. And I've been watching them, and, I, and I, I'm telling you, they're, they're phenomenal. They're incredible. And uh, so, so you've got these tools again, so what are you gonna do with it, right? That's the, the next question, and, and Alex just went through a whole list of things, but for each one of us to say, well, what, what can I do with that, with that tool? And, and really the list is, is, uh, is unlimited, but I think we have to each ask ourselves, well, what can I do personally? It's my hope. What can I do with my hope? Well, you, could, you can show it anywhere, these videos. That's, that's the first thing. We can, like you said, we can show it here. Or one of the ideas that we are working on personally is, is figuring out, uh, maybe inviting a couple neighbors over and having some pizza. And this is what we're going to do at our house. And, and, uh, and then show one of these videos. Say, I, I want to just, I want to play this video. This is kind of what we believe. And, uh, and, you know, let it play, you know. People will sit for an 11 minute or 30 minute video. If it was two hours, you know, you're going to show them, you know, Jesus of Nazareth for four hours. They're going to go like, okay, I got to go home. You know, this is, you know, much. But can you show them a 30 minute video that's well, very well produced, that really is clear? I think you can. So that's like, that's like one thing that, that, that I'm in, and we're, we're looking at doing at our house with our neighbors. Or maybe with your friends you could do it. Or... Or like I said, at the youth group, there are some of these videos that would work really well in our youth group. But you can do all, that's just, that's just the beginning, you know. I, you can download it. You can download these for free. There's no charge, right? You can download it. You can burn it onto a CD, a DVD. You can put it onto a jump drive or whatever. You can give it to someone. Maybe they won't come to your house. Maybe they don't like you that much. But you can give them a DVD and say, hey, you know, I got this. Can you just check this out? It, it's, it's 20 minutes, 28 minutes long. And, and somebody you work with, somebody that, you know, uh, a relative. You know, we, we all want to reach these people. But we got to do something at some point in time. You know, we, we start with praying for them. And that's what he said two months ago. And, and you need to have somebody... And, and I've talked about this before, where you write down one or two or three people, you just pray for them regularly. You're praying for them. But then it needs to get beyond that. You know, prayer is the first step, the middle step, the last step. But it, we need to also do something, you know, take some kind of concrete uh, steps. I was just thinking about this, too. You know, you can, uh, you can send a link to somebody, Right. And you, you pick one of these that you like, and, and when you watch them, you'll see you can send a link to somebody in, a, in an email or a text message, and they can watch the thing right there on their phone or on their tablet or whatever. You can send a link and say, hey, but I was thinking about this too. How many of you have Facebook? I'll pray for you. <laughs> no, I have it too. But, but we can put, you can put a link on your Facebook account if you're willing to, to be that bold and, and, and just, and, uh, you just you just grab the link, right? You copy and paste the link right into your Facebook thing and then it just pops right up. It'll all be there. The pictures uh, will all be there. And then they have an opportunity. They say, well, or they can say, well, what's that? That's interesting. Are we willing to step up and say, we have hope? And, 
And so that's kind of the idea thing. You can, you can also, if you don't, you know, if you're not comfortable burning things, uh, you can write email to them. And there's certain ones of these they give free. Mm-hmm. And then other ones are only like a dollar each. You can order, you know, 20 of them and give them out. Uh, the newest ones are free, and then the older ones uh, are like a dollar each. Excuse me. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's another option to do. But again, if God is providing this stuff and we're not using it, that's not good. That's us. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Any uh, I don't know if anything needs ideas to be added coming to, that, to mind? But, uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think... All of us at times struggle with sharing our hope with people. It can be a little nerve-wracking, I guess. And Although, you know, Rich was saying earlier how it's, he thinks it's easy to get up here and talk about his hope in front of a whole bunch of people. This, this is not easy for me at all. I would much rather just talk to one person about my hope. Um, I find that much more, you know, my speed. Um, but... <sighs> You know, at times, you know, I've, you know, we shy away from it. You know, we don't want to, because the, what, what I believe about it is when I share my hope with somebody, you know, it'd be nice in a perfect world where people would come up to you and be like, Alex, you are the most hopeful person. Why do you have this hope? You know, and oh, damn, Jesus, man, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool, right? It, it doesn't happen like that. You meet people and, you know, you have to almost like steer the conversation towards towards hope. And, you know, I've done that. And. I've done it numerous times with people, the same person over and over, and you just kind of get, you know, just weird results. or just, you know, like just their hands up. Like my grandfather, for instance, I don't think he's going to watch this or anything, but I've been trying for three weeks to go over there to show him this video, and every weekend he's mysteriously sick. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want me to come over. So <laughs> you keep praying for that for me. But, you know, we've been entrusted with this message of the gospel, and that is hope. Jesus Christ is our hope. His completed work on the cross is our hope. If we really believe that and we live our lives according to that, then sharing that hope with people, it's, it's our duty. It's our obligation. It should just be an outpouring of that new creation we are. You know, and like I said, on a day-to-day basis, is that always how it is? No, but I try to remind myself of that constantly, and I think that would help too. Reminds me of the, the passage in the Old Testament where these guys were, uh, the city of, I believe it was Jerusalem, I'm going by memory here, and, and that can be a problem. Uh, the city of Jerusalem was under siege, and, and it was a complete famine. They had no food. They had nothing. And then there were these uh, lepers who said, you know what, hey, uh, we, you know, what have we got to lose? We're going to go out. And they went out, and, they, and the enemy's camp had uh, just been wiped out by God, really, and, and, it was, and all these resources were all there. Food, everything they needed were there. And so they're just like, you know, going for it. And they said, wait a minute, you know, you know, can we just keep this to ourselves? Don't we need to go back and let the people there know that this is all here for them? Or should we selfishly just keep it to ourselves? And and uh, that's kind of a picture, I think, that for us, you know, are we just going to selfishly keep this for ourselves? Uh, do we really believe what we believe is another question. So we're going we're gonna to get to the video right now. And uh, Billy Graham is incredible. 
There is no doubt about it. To reach 3.2 million decisions, and that's not, you know, I don't know how many people he yeah. spoke to, those were decisions. That's absolutely phenomenal. That's incredible. And so God has really gifted him. And so you're going to see him in this. We've, I've chosen to do the one called Heaven because we've been talking a lot about Heaven lately. Uh, but you'll see him as he is today, but you'll also hear him as he was, you know, years ago and just sharing the truth. He's powerful. So, and that's why they call it My Hope with Billy Graham because they all have, uh, they all include him speaking. And he's powerful. God had, you know, talk about being anointed, uh, you know. So uh, you're going to see him. You're going to hear from him uh, in this video as well. And again, uh, there are all these others that you're going to need to go on by your own and just watch them. You know, uh, how much time do we spend watching other stuff? You know, fixer upper, you know, what else do you, you, we watch? You know, the, some of the stuff we watch is just insane garbage, right? Can we watch something like that, this that we could actually use to reach somebody else with the gospel of Jesus? That's the, that's the point we're making today. Have we made any sense to you today? Do you get what we're talking about before we move on? Is it clear? Could I say something? You can. Yeah. Um, he shows this if anybody's got the Trinity Broadcasting Network. He shows my hope every Thursday night at five, at five o'clock. He's been doing this. So, so they're using this. This is a television ministry. or using this, uh, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, it's not a one-time deal either. And maybe... And maybe we as a church, we should invest. We'll, we'll order a hundred of them and then have them available to, to pass out. I mean, uh, or somebody, you know, wants to underwrite buying a thousand of them or whatever, just that we could actually do something with, with these. So why don't we go ahead and get to it uh, so we don't run out of time. Uh, one thing that uh, wasn't in the bulletin that I, that I need to mention today is afterwards, uh, Mike and Jess are taking pictures, uh, family pictures, and some of you have signed up for that. If you haven't signed up for it, you can still stay and get your picture taken. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some uh, leftovers from the party we had yesterday, uh, some pizza and different things uh, for snacks for people to eat while they're waiting for their turn. It should go pretty fast, right, Mike? Should go pretty fast. So... Uh, we won't keep you here too long uh, for that. But uh, anyways, uh, this one is uh, called Heaven. Let's do it. If there's a life hanging in the balance, we're willing to put our lives on the line so that other person may live. My dad and I were actually really close. I was definitely a daddy's girl. I felt like we were always having these adventures out in the wild. They say your life can be turned upside down in a blink of an eye. Life was awesome until something unexpected happened.
all of a sudden, out of absolutely nowhere, I just got this crazy feeling. I didn't know exactly what had happened, but I knew that it was my dad. And I just shook my head and I said, no, <laughs> no. An unexpected tragedy comes. A romance breaks up. A terrible injustice is done. And you feel so alienated and so lost. But you can start life all over again with a clean slate. We had a family reunion this summer, and all of our grandchildren came home. And oh, it was one of the most wonderful, wildest times I ever saw. And when I'd get tired, I'd say, oh, I've got to go back and study a few minutes. And I'd go back and lie down a few minutes and then come back for some more. But you know, I love those children. It was great. I've had this home for many years. And I've had a wonderful family that God has given me and my wife. And as I think back over the years, I'm in a state of thankfulness. Now God wants you to live. He wants you to live life to the fullest and he has a plan for you that will prosper you and bless you. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and might have it to the fullness. He wants you to have life. He wants you to enjoy life, to give you the assurance that your sin is forgiven, that you're going to heaven when you die. Facing death, things become a lot clearer. I was on top of the world. I had everything going for me. I had just been promoted to drive the hook and ladder truck. Felt like I was Superman. It was July 24th, 2007, a day that changed my life forever. The unit's responding to the structure fire report, single story commercial fire through the roof. My job as a driver of the hook and ladder truck is to get on the roof and ventilate it, open it up with a chainsaw so that the companies coming inside, the fire can actually make their way there without all the smoke and heat upon them. We arrived on scene. I put our aerial to the roof, brought my chainsaw in hand. When I got on top of the roof, I saw fire out of the rear of the building come out of the skylight. And I stepped over a division wall. on the ground, 
When I looked around, all I could see was orange. Fire all around me. I came to the realization that this was it. I was gonna die. In life, there are things that you will never anticipate. Things that completely ruin the plan that you have for your life. Things that you never, ever imagine. My dad was a very big outdoorsman. We were always camping and fishing and hunting and you name it. If it's outside, we were always out doing it. When I was in college, I really didn't see my dad that often. So we decided to actually go down to Lake Powell. We just spent the entire week um, houseboating and water skiing and wakeboarding, and we just had such an amazing time. A week after that trip ended, out of absolutely nowhere, I just got this crazy feeling. Basically, I just wanted to go home, and I didn't know why. So we went, we get out of the car, it was my aunt, <laughs> and um, just the, the look in her eyes, and it was just such a deep sorrow. And I just shook my head, and I said, no, <laughs> no, no. My dad had been murdered. You're just overcome with anger and sadness and grief to a degree that you never knew before. As people were coming down the line at the funeral, telling me all of these things that, you know, your dad is in a better place, I just couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe in heaven because it just seemed like such a fairy tale to me. It was something that you tell somebody to make them feel better. Now, we want to soften the reality of death. We don't want to talk about it. Some of us don't want to think about it. So we have a lot of cosmetics and facelifts and the frantic search for the mythical fountain of youth that goes on. But I don't want to turn tonight to the psychologist or the sociologist or the medical students, but to the Bible. What does the Bible say about death? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.2, there's a time to be born and a time to die. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. Death ushers in so much uncertainty, and we ask ourselves, why, why, why? And I want to quote one passage from Amos, the fourth chapter, that says, prepare to meet thy God. And I want to ask you tonight, are you prepared? When my dad died, it really did change death in my eyes because people were telling me that he's in a better place, but I couldn't believe that. But I was really hoping to be able to see my dad again to just have something, anything. I was just desperate for that. I desperately wanted my dad to come. 
When I thought about the man who murdered my dad, I, I honestly hated him. And when I saw his picture in the newspaper with any of the newspaper coverage, I literally shuddered. He was kind of like the villain in my mind. He wasn't even really human. And I never thought that I'd be able to forgive him. It had been about nine years since my dad's murder. And I think it all just kind of came to a head and I kind of just fell apart. I became very depressed and I fell into a, a pretty deep, dark hole. My greatest fear at that time was that there was gonna be something wrong with me and I would die and I would leave my children. I had some family members come up to me and say, Lori, I think it's time to try some medication. And I remember just crying and saying, is it that obvious that I'm really not doing well? You can imagine hell on Earth. This was it. There's a firefighter through the roof and it's very Then the burn started. You can imagine the first layer of your skin burning off, the second layer, the third layer, and down to your tendons. I came to the realization that this was it. I was going to die. And all I could see was my life flash before my eyes like a DVD on rewind. So as a young man in high school, I wasn't exposed to, to drinking and partying. And I took it to the next level. I was doing it quite often. And I went to college. It was all about getting girls. Me and all my buddies. Partying. I lived for myself. My indulgences. I would often wake up next to a woman that I hardly recognized. I remember her name. My dad tried to talk to me a couple times about God. I'd just blow him off. Not for me, not now. Don't need it. I'm in control of my life. The scripture says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. And if we're sinners, then we are doomed. By that I mean, Jesus used the word hell, and that's the future of all of us if we don't put our trust in Jesus Christ. People do not want to be warned of judgment in hell. A lady said some time ago, I hate the very thought of hell. So do I. And I also hate the sin that sends them there. I hate war. I hate the fact that people are starving in the world, but my hating it does not change the facts. Is it right for me to warn you tonight what Jesus taught and what the Bible teaches from cover to cover? Well, suppose you were a drowning man and I have the gospel lifeboat and I'm not going to let you drown if I can help it. Now, what is the nature of hell? Essentially and basically, it is separation from God. 
It's the banishment from the presence of all that is joyous and good and righteous and happy. Matthew 8, 12, hell is called outer darkness. It's separation from God in darkness. You're not going to go down there and set up a nightclub. No. You'll go out into eternity thirsting for God, and you can never find Him. And you can never find the fulfillment that you missed in this life. What is your choice? A lot of people would say, well, I don't really want a change in my life. Well, the scripture teaches without that change that God demands, we'll never get to heaven. Like for me, I was a member of a church, but I hadn't really come to Christ. From the very beginning, I was reared in a Christian atmosphere. My father and mother both were Christians. By the time I was a teenager, there came an evangelist out of town, Mordecai Ham. I remember I got under such conviction. And one night, they gave the invitation to receive Christ, and I reluctantly went. But I really meant business with the Lord. I came just as I was, with all my sins, all my failures, and the Lord received me and changed me. That has transformed me till this day. I've never been the same. Jesus is the only way of life, eternal life that he gives to every one of us that have put our faith in him. I became very depressed, and I couldn't get myself out of it. I tried going to a therapist. I tried meditation. I tried doing yoga. I tried all sorts of different things, but nothing was working. My last resort was to call my girlfriend, Sarah, and I called her up and I said, Sarah, can you tell me a little bit about your church? And that next Sunday, I'm sitting there, and the pastor started preaching on exactly what, what I was dealing with in that moment. I started going to a woman's Bible study. I started pouring myself into it. I started reading scripture. And at one point, even though I, I still had some doubts, I was just like, what do I know to be true? Like, deep down in my heart. And it was truly that Jesus is the Son of God. I gave my life to Christ and I said, yes, I do believe that Jesus is who he says he is. God was showing me step by step by step who I am and, and who God is. I started to see my own depravity. I started to see the depths of the sin within myself. And that is why Jesus had to die, because ultimately sin is, is what separates us from, from God, and Jesus had to come so that we can be forgiven. I had tried to, to forgive the man who murdered my dad. 
And then one day I was reading about Jesus dying on the cross. He was asking for God to forgive the people who were in the process of murdering him. And I understood in that moment that true forgiveness can only be done through God. I mean, it was so hard and so difficult, but I was able to forgive. Jesus has gone to prepare a home for us forever. It has given me such peace. And the thought of heaven is just overpowering at times because it is a place where there will be no more fear, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death. The Bible talks about heaven as a holy city, a perfect environment in which a perfect society dwells. Heaven will be a place in which its inhabitants will be freed from the fears and insecurities that plague and haunt us in the present life. And the scripture says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there will be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are all passed away, and we enter a new world. I'm looking forward to that glorious day of going to heaven. Are you ready? The scripture says that God's desire is that all men should be saved. He wants it so much that he gave his son to die on the cross for you. Now, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that was a judgment. God judged Christ in your place. And Jesus, being who he was, had the capacity to endure hell for you. He did it for you because He loves you. Now God says you must repent of your sins and receive Him into your heart. Repentance is changing, changing your mind toward God and toward yourself, seeing yourself a sinner and seeing the holiness and the righteousness of God, looking at the cross of Christ and seeing that He died for you. And then the second thing you must do is to believe. That word believe means more than just believing with your mind. It means committing yourself, your total self to Christ as Savior and Lord. And then the third thing, you must be willing to follow Him and serve Him. Are you willing to do that? Are you ready? Yes, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice between some things that are wrong in your life, and you have to make a choice with Christ. Which will it be? Everybody on duty that day expected a line of duty death. To have thought of your own casket. And it was real. Death was real. But here's a strange thing. There's something happened roughly 10 years earlier that connected that day and this day. It was a day back in 1995, and I was invited to a Bible study. 
There was a group of uh, eight to 10 of us. But at the end, the leader, he offered to those in the room listening to his voice if they wanted to receive Christ as their savior. There was a still small voice that told me, you need to do this. We all have a debt. The debt is sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it was that day, August 15th, 1995, is when I accepted the Lord into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And from that day forward, everything changed. In the middle of this raging inferno, I had peace. The peace that's rooted in my faith in Jesus Christ. And the scripture that is embedded in my heart is Romans 5.1. And said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And at this point, I had a conversation with God and said, God, I'm ready to come home. I woke up eight days later in the burn unit, unable to walk. Began my intensive recovery for over a year. It was tough, but I learned a lot. We all walk on a razor's edge, thin line between life and death. We're all gonna die one day. The question remains, are you ready? for that day. I found during the latter years of my life, when I've had sicknesses and been in the hospital and so forth, there's a peace that just resides there and stays there that I cannot explain. Everybody could have that same peace if they received Christ as their savior. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm looking forward to it with great anticipation because of what Jesus did on that cross. He died for us, but he was raised by God. And you'll notice that when the disciples went out after the cross and the resurrection. It says they went out preaching that Jesus was alive and that because he lives, we too are going to live someday in that same resurrection glory. We all die. I'm not going to escape it. I don't want to escape it. I want to go. The vast majority of my life has already been lived. My record has already been made. I don't have very much longer. I know that. 
some of my closest friends and relatives, and especially my wife, already in heaven. And because of the hope we have in Jesus, we can all be in heaven someday forever. But first, there must be a decision here and now in this life. A radical change must take place before you can get into heaven, before you can be accepted by God. You say, well, what do I have to do? You must repent of sin. You repent and you believe. Believe in Christ and you receive him in your heart and say, Lord Jesus, come in and he'll come in. You don't have long. You'll be in eternity. And the decision you make tonight may decide where you'll be. Do you know Christ? Are you ready? Today, I'm asking you to put your trust in Christ. If you'd like to receive Christ, you can pray a prayer like this. You can pray a prayer like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. I repent from my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you. As my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me shall never die. Never die. Hi, I'm Franklin Graham, and I'm sitting by the gravesite of my mother, Ruth Bell Graham, here at the Billy Graham Library. My father is over 95, and even though my mother passed away a few years ago, he still misses her, and he longs to be with her. He knows that my mother's not in this grave. She is alive, and she's in heaven in the presence of Almighty God, where he'll be one day soon. You too can have that same assurance of one day being in the presence of Almighty God, you see, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. If you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'd like to give you some resources that will help you grow in your new faith. Just go to the website on the screen and remember this, God loves you and God bless you. Was that good or what? Yep. Amazing. Let's pray. 
Father, uh, we thank you again for the life and the hope that you give to us, Lord, freely. We can't earn it. We, we don't deserve it. But because of your love for us, you gave your son Jesus to be that sacrifice, to be the one who took our place. Lord, I pray uh, for those opportunities with our friends, our family, our neighbors, people we work with, people we go to school with, uh, that we would have boldness, Lord, to share with them about the hope that we have in Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would start a fire here in our fellowship, Lord, to, to, to let others know that they too can have that hope and that eternal life that, that only you can give. And Lord, I'd also like to pray here this morning for any here who maybe have never received Jesus. Maybe you, you, you just prayed along with them to receive Jesus and, and you're beginning that new life. Or maybe you're, you're waiting now and you would like to pray. You can pray simply along with me and say, Dear Jesus, I, I am lost and I want hope. I want that hope. So please come into my life and forgive me and be my Lord and be my Savior today. Father, you hear the prayers of your people. You hear many of any who have maybe said those words in their hearts right now before you, Lord. I pray you'd do a incredible miracle of giving them the brand new eternal life that, that you have promised to give to those who surrendered to you. Thank you again, Lord, for all you've given to us. And we do love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together. If you have any more questions about any of these things, uh, talk to Alex or myself. And, and uh, this is something we're not just going to forget about. We're going to continue to pray about, continue to look for opportunities, continue to, to see what God will do. And perhaps if you uh, have an idea of something you're, you will do and we want to hear of, of uh, after, we want to hear, well, I tried this and this is what happened. Or I tried that and this is what didn't happen. We want to hear, we want to hear and, and share together in that, so.